The Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, folks, wherever you're listening to. I am your host, Fred Houston, and you are listening to the Stone and Tile Show, where we try to solve all your stone, tile, quartz, concrete, terrazzo, you name it. Uh, At least we'll attempt it anyway. Got an exciting show here today. We are going to be talking again about quartz, what I like to call engineered stone. It's just a little less confusing to call it engineered stone than it does quartz, so we don't confuse it with quartzite. And I have my good buddy, uh, David Bonacera, which I'm going to get in here right now. David, are you there? I am. How are you, Fred? Very good afternoon out there. Yeah, so uh, let you know I've done a couple of shows on, on quartz, but it's it's a growing it's a growing topic. It's a growing growing concern, especially for you know the restoration guys out there. And I I know you have a system for it uh, that that you sell, but uh, more importantly, let's kind of get your take on what's going on with these surfaces as far as it you know concerning trying to repair these materials uh i'll let you have the mic and uh go for it i know you got a strong opinion <laughs> yeah well as you talked last time on this as far as the material itself and fabricating it all fabricators out there who are listening to this look at your floor at the end of the day and you see all that slurry Well, when that dust gets airborne and you don't protect yourself, that dust gets onto your ivula of your lungs, which is your filtering system. Mm -hmm. And that enables to filter the air so that you can breathe. So when you see all that slurry, imagine that on your lungs. And that's why people that have silicosis or whatever they're putting in the engineered stone now accumulating on your lungs that's why it's so dangerous fred i had sent you that picture of that commercial in silicon valley here where the guy's doing fabrication dry his mask isn't on and he's right next to the client's new car Mm. which was kind of like and that's the norm i guess now in the bay area but one of the things that it is really really dangerous And until the American Lung Association or somebody really dives in to fix this problem, um, the fabricators are going to damage not only their lungs, um, it can also, you know, like using acetone, which you can't use on quartz or engineered stone, gets into your bloodstream, as you said, and there's a lot of things that can hurt you. Um, as far as the material itself, they're changing it constantly. I looked at a job today where listed in the fabrication, not the fabrication, but the sales supplier has a sign on the slabs that says, do not use acetone on this material. I go there, I take a look at it, the job site, and trashed. They brought a bottle, a gallon of acetone. They used it all over a black engineered stone quartz. Oh, my God. And so I took pictures, reported back to the supplier, and said, tell the fabricator and installer to call their insurance company. They just bought a kitchen. Wow. Because by the time you get through refinishing this stuff, it would probably be faster to just cut it, glue it, and put it back in than to refinish four slabs in the kitchen. That's ridiculous. But 
the thing about this, Fred, that's really tough about this industry is that it started out in like the late 90s, mid to late 90s, and there was only three manufacturers. Those manufacturers had a lot of heavy texture in them, yep. which are the bigger particulates of the quartz. Now everybody wants fine grain, and now you're dealing not so much with the quartz, but with the polymer. The polymers can be burned um, very easily. Then you have polyesters, and then you have acrylics, and then you have God knows what else they're putting in there because they're not changing the SDS sheets. They're not telling you when they make changes. So to try to fix this, you don't really know what you're getting into as far as fabrication because it's the edges and it doesn't have the reflection as you're looking at it as you're entering the room. Yep. You can get away with murder. As long as it's close, it's good. Right. Because you don't have to deal with that reflection unless you look down, you know, the edge of it. Now, being that they're doing 90-degree edges, um, they can get away with a lot more being back when they had to do certain profiles. And you'd look down the side and you'd see all these waves and stuff. But they get away with a lot. Um, I wish fabricators would do more education, spend more time in classes, um, especially with what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And how to do it, and how to do it correctly, but they the manufacturers just keep changing the stuff. And um, I have another case that I looked at where it's brand new. They got tape on, tape on it, and the residue doesn't want to come off. Um, and the guys use acetone to get out the grease stains. Oh boy. <laughs> And it's unusually porous. Now, this is a gentleman who's a very prominent, owns a construction company um, in Silicon Valley, does a lot of very, very large buildings. And he's got a lot of slabs in his kitchen. It's a big kitchen. And I walked in and I said, I think I'm not touching this. You need to talk to the manufacturer. This material, for being as textured as it is, is way too porous. And, and they said, well, you got it. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to stop you there for a second when it comes to porosity, because one of the uh, one of the issues I see all the time is that, oh, this these quartz materials, they're perfect. They're better than granite because they won't stain. They're not porous. And you just prove that. It's not true. <laughs> it's back of course, it depends the, on the manufacturer. And back in, yes, but see, back in the 90s, there were only three manufacturers. Everything was alligator skin, snake skin, heavy texture. Well, that's larger than the fine grain, which is probably just dust mixing with the polymer or the resin right. or the acrylic. But, see, you didn't have a problem because the materials were good. Once you get in with other countries who... Let's just say the labor is less desirable gotcha. or the wage the wage is not what it should be or they're not paying anything for the wages, which happens in some countries. Your price point goes down. And because your price point goes down, then the rest of the world has to keep within that price point. And because of that, the materials... And everybody thinks, and quartz used to be great, but no longer. There's a few of them that still make good materials, but they have to keep their price point close enough. And as long as some other countries bring their price point way, way down, everybody else does have to bring the price point down. What happens with that? Well, you have to find another materials that will go in there that's cheaper. Okay, it's kind of like um, getting a great... Back in the 80s and 90s, you and I used to talk about sealer companies when they would give you a sample of the sealer and it worked great and Mm -hmm. you got the product and it didn't work as well as the sample. They're cutting solids for profits. Well, that's kind of what they do here. So when you get something, you go, oh, yeah, well, this is blah, 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 and you think it's a good line. Well, that lot may not be what you were working with last year. And I think that goes to say as well the the actual manufacturing of these materials, which you know a lot of them are very tight lipped on this this whole situation now they're doing things with with heat uh with coatings with polymers nano coatings, whatever you want to call it, 
And, you know, we go in there as restorers trying to, you know, match that factory finish, and it's going to be, it's going to be impossible to do. And, well, it's uh, kind of like stone. You know, the radial arm in the factory generally has about 200 pounds per square inch. Well, you can't do 200 pounds per square inch on your no. hand machine. So no. you have to offset it with speed, and you have to be able to control the water, and you can't go in dry in someone's home. That's ridiculous. Um, so there's that problem. And then when you get into quartz or engineered stone, it's an entirely different animal. I've seen guys come in, demonstrate how to fix quartz. They thought they were working on polyesters. They had acrylics, and they couldn't pull it off. Yep. Um, because they didn't know. And there's currently no test that I know of today, I know you're working on it, of how do you defer what is a polyester, what is an acrylic, and mm-hmm. what is, or sometimes I get stuff, and with my system, they'll say, oh, yeah, this is quartz. And I look at it and go, no, this is not a quartz. This is right. plastic. Um, and what's to fix it? The Steve's Polishing Pro system still will fix that. Um, But one of the problems is is that they're calling it quartz, kind of like porcelain. If it's not fired in 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, you go into certain countries, and they're firing the porcelain in 12 to 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit. You can't call it a porcelain because, A, it's not as hard, and, B, it's porous. But they still call it a porcelain, but it's not really a porcelain. That's kind of like saying antibacterial really is about as good as just washing with regular soap. Exactly. And there lies the problem. It's all buzz. It's kind of like everybody's using the term nano coating, but it's a buzzword. Nano is so small, you really can't see it. So are they putting it on or are they vacuuming it in? Are they eating it up? We don't know. And most people don't even know who puts on a nano coating, who doesn't put on a nano coating. And then there are some countries who just do the bare minimum so it passes as quartz. And it's okay, but it's not a great grade of quartz. And there are some countries where you look at it and say, where does it come from? Well, it came from this country. It's it's going to be cheaper to replace it than it's for me to fix all these problems. And, you know, and what it boils down to and what I'm hearing you say, too, is that uh, some of these quartz materials that are out there now are becoming more polymer than they are quartz. In other words, they're becoming like a plastic countertop as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, having quartz materials in it like they did back in the old days when you and I got started with the larger aggregate type materials, which which those still exist out there. I mean, they're they're still the larger aggregates. and, and And I love that because I can fix those. But some of these. I mean, I've been advising my students in some cases when they get some of this tight stuff, and I hate to pick on any country, but I'll say China, Brazil, uh, India, uh, that are coming out with these materials. I, I tell them if you get into a situation and you have to refinish that top and agree or disagree with me, if you will, do the whole thing. Don't try to blend it. Yeah, well, the problem with doing the whole thing is, I mean, because of certain pads that are being developed today, um, you can do the whole surface, but with those systems, you can't get the texture. The norm now um, that I'm hearing from a lot of people is, you know what, I can get the shine to the client, but I can't get the texture. You know what, yeah. you know what, that, that, that's just fine. I'll take it. So now we've lowered the bar on our restoration of how things are supposed to be looking like. Right. That's like saying orange peeling marble is now okay. It isn't okay. You want that, you know, you and I would look down at the floor after we were done at the end of the day and could see the GE logo and the light bulb above us. Right. That's the way it's supposed to be done. But people are now lowering the bar, just get your money, get out, and then somebody leave it to somebody else. And orange peel and marble is not the standard, but that's the way the standard is going now. It's screw the person who's generating your economy. Which is not the, the way it's supposed to be. Oh yeah. All the time I get, I get, I get students that will orange peel the hell out of a, out of a marble floor, and uh, their customers are happy with it. I mean, not to say that's everybody, but it's like, come on, guys, uh, you know, let let's fix it the way it should be fixed. You know. Well, it's kind of like there's some pads that are out there, and when they take a picture of the final, they'll take a picture of the camera close at a 
close to the floor or at a distance, so you only see right. that reflection. But if you were to take a picture straight down, you would understand what orange peel is like. Right. But powder or paste on a floor, take a pad and polish it, okay? Because it's the compound of it being slightly acidic plus the heat that the pad draws. Yeah, you can get a shine. The question is, can you get the clarity? The right. hardest thing about quartz is getting the shine and getting the texture. Now, for most people, they're like, you know what, I just get the shine, everybody says it's okay, and that's it. Well, okay. Um, as frustrated as I am about that, um, mm -hmm. that's becoming the norm, and it really shouldn't be. Um, that's why some of the real good restoration guys are like, I can't compete with these guys working out of their homes when we have a bigger company and doing half-ass work and that becoming the standard. It's really hard. And does the client know better? No, no. they don't because they don't get educated on what to do properly. And there lies the problem. You know, a lot, I don't know how many times I've walked into meetings with general contractors, homeowners, and lawyers, and people saying, um, you know, I'll ask them, tell me about your appliances. They tell me all about their appliances, every single one from the refrigerator to the stove to the coffee maker and dishwasher. But they can't tell me anything about the stone because they've researched all their appliances, stereo systems and everything, but they have not done any research on the material. Nope. It's kind of like why everybody's buying Calicutta and the stuff is so soft. Yeah. <laughs> it is just like chalky and it's so yeah. expensive. But, you know, again, everybody bought into Travertine a long time ago, and now it's, they've ripped most of it, not all of it out, because it wasn't a great idea. So I guess when you get a, a fairly decent idea and somebody of influence says, what a great idea, everybody else jumps off the cliff, too. So let, let's, let's jump to uh, uh, our, our restoration guys out there, the guys listening to the show. Um, how would you, and I know this might be a difficult question, but I'll, I'll throw it at you anyway. You know, how would you advise these guys to approach a, a situation with, with the, they, let's take an example. You know, they, they get a call, uh, customer knows they have courts, uh, they haven't seen it. When they go on the job, you know, they, they see, you know, dullness, scratchingness, whatever the case would be. How would you suggest they approach that? Me, I always look at the job before I go to a job. So I look at it. I take pictures from all angles, and then they'll say, well, how much is it going to cost? Um, I never give them a price because when I'm there on site and when I get back into my office to look at it, I may have a different view at it. I may see something. I took some pictures today of this um, very dark gray engineered stone, and once I took the pictures and I loaded them up, I saw a lot more things. Um, I saw stuff that was on the perimeter where the backsplash meets the deck, where they may have used a latex um, caulking, they may have used a silicone, um, or maybe the epoxy bled from the seam out, which happens in white stone all the time. Yep. So I, don't, I never, never give them a price right there, because most of the time they're going to hold you to it. And right. he said, well, you, but you said blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, well, we got we to gotta do this shit. Um, so I always say, I will get back to you. Just load them up. Take a look at everything. You've taken a ton of pictures. They're digital. You can delete them. I use Picasa. There are other programs out there that are fine, but you want to look at all angles. Take all the pictures you can. Put all little arrows and pointers where you need to. And take a look and say, do I really want this job first? And then how, much, how many days is it going to take me to do this? There are some things, like with my system, with Steve's Polishing Pro, I have a cheat sheet, which I can get anybody, and it will help you with certain brands of materials. Right. So it's kind of, you know, you cheat and blah, blah, blah. But going and actually looking at it, saying, okay, well, this is going to be too long with a conventional system. Let's use these pads. And 
let's use them on a planetary head and let's go across. It's going to take three or four different grits. We get the shine, then we have to get the texture, figure out worst case scenario on how that's going to be. Because remember, you can always bring your price down and negotiate. It's a lot easier than trying to bring your price up when you're actually doing the job. Well, you're a professional. You're supposed to know this. Remember, restoration guys are at the mercy of what somebody else did wrong. It's like looking at a floor when you teach your forensic class. Okay? You look at a floor, but what is in that floor? What is below that floor? How is that floor mounted? Were there joists can hold that floor? Did did they do an manufacturer membrane underneath? You really have to look at all the questions. That's why I come back, look at my pictures, look at it, and sometimes say, nah, I don't want to do this shit. I just, yeah. I just don't. I woke up this morning, had my coffee, was watching a little TV. Life was pretty good, starting in the morning. And then I came to this house, and now my day is horrible. <laughs> so why is your problem my problem? No, I don't want to do this. Give it to somebody else. In fact, I know a couple of guys that I can give you numbers to who I don't like. I think we'll just do be, we'll be fine. <laughs> there you go. Well, it but boils down to the most part. Yeah, you have to look. Yeah, you got to know when to walk away. You do. But another thing is you and I, I've learned this from you back in the late 90s, and that is take a piece of material, go to a fabrication shop, they got scraps. They got a boneyard. Hey, can I get a piece of this? Yeah. Screw it up and play with it. Yep. Mess with it. You got to spend the time at night. You got to spend on the weekends during the day and you have to figure whatever system you're going to use works because you can get a lot of money for quartz. Remember, it's not marble. It's not granite. That's pretty straightforward. This stuff, you're guessing. Okay, it was made by who? Oh, from what country? Really? Yep. Um, and what is this? And what is this? And, of course, the contractor's never going to tell you the truth. Thank God you know the swipe marks and, you know, <laughs> burning. You know that it's acetone. And most of the problems I see with the insulations is acetone. Like the guy said to my client, when the client was telling me today, he says, oh, yeah, they said they had a big gallon of acetone sitting on the uh, countertop, and they said, we've been doing this a long time. We're professionals. We know what we're doing. And as I wrote my short little report back to the fabricator or to the supplier, I said, you know, tell the fabricator, call his insurance company, tell them they bought a, a kitchen. Yep. But well, they you know, just, these guys don't listen. Why and, they and, don't know, go to Stanex? Go ahead. And, you know, I've mentioned on, on this show before, I think, uh, that another thing that you guys have to have to watch out for is that if you put any kind of abrasive on that countertop, uh, you've voided the warranty. Uh-huh. And Even if I you have, fix it correctly, yeah. you void the warranty. And courts will say, it's all warranty. I had one guy, and some of them still say that the textured is the exact same thing as the fine grain which I have to say, maybe mud tastes like ice cream. It exactly. doesn't. <laughs> no. It's not the same thing. They're all done differently. But biggest things is just one, like you're, we'll t- I want to talk about this a little bit later in the show, but you know, you're going to be teaching at Tyson Stone Expo Surfaces, and people need to get their butt out there and learn this stuff. They need to yep. take the classes. They need to learn. The other classes is with Adam Tompkins on diamond blades, which nobody in the industry understands. And then you have all the fabricators who don't understand glues, and Paul with Bonstone's going to be doing that. But what you've been teaching for the last decades um, and still have the only Bible in the entire world on restoration on this stuff, um, and I still have it from the late 90s, and it's still valued today. Wait till you but, see the new one. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's okay, but you need a guideline because sometimes you just get stuck. Um, I was looking to it last week going, okay, how do I get this out? And I go to your section, and it's long. 
I mean, it's really a big section on how to pull out stains. But you think you're going to go and buy a stain remover and say, I need to get out a colored stain or I need to get out an ink pen or I need to get out vomit. Okay, they're all different. Absolutely. Yeah, and each stain is different. So you get a generic do the additives in it. One poultice does not do it all. That's like sealers. Oh, yeah, the sealer can fix anything. No, it can't because each stone is different. You know, each quartz is different. Do you have to seal quartz? Not all the time. No. Maybe. But the best thing, <laughs> but the best thing to do is just take a wet cloth and just put it on the material. And you'll know if you need to seal it or not. Yep. And, you know, speaking so, of sealers, too, uh, you know, people have to be careful because I have seen some sealers, uh, not to mention any brands, that will actually work just like acetone does. Uh, it can actually cause some damage. So, you know, I, I get guys that, well, I'm just going to seal it anyway. It doesn't need sealing. Well, that might work with stone, but it's definitely not going to work with quartz because uh, you can well, actually yeah. cause them some problems. Excuse me. There was um, today they showed me a sealer. Um, I think they got a, I don't know. They, the guy said to me, yeah, I have an eight-year warranty. Well, I know that they have a, like a 15-year warranty or something. On it. And I said, it's water-based. It's not going to work on the courts. They said, why? I said, because the molecular structure of the water base is too large. And right. this happens to be a fluorine-based sealer, so it's not going to really stick. Well, but they said eight years. And I said, hey, I got some bridges in the barrier. You want to buy them? Right. I said, that's a bunch of bull. One of the things you're going to be talking about, I believe, is at uh, next week in Vegas is going to be about this whole warranty thing. And the yep. warranty thing is really, okay, so here's the warranty. It fails. You can prove it failed. That is if the manufacturer doesn't throw the applicator under the bus, which most of them do. Right. They're just going to give you more product. Well, who pays for the reapplication? The client. Who pays for pulling out the stain? The client. So where's the warranty? There is no warranty. Yep. So that's what you're going to be getting into. I know for yep. a fact because that's one of your pet oh, yeah. Is, you know, in one company, you know, they said, yeah, it'll work for eight years. And I said, can you get it in writing? He says, I don't know. I have to ask. I said, I bet you never get a call back. <laughs> I, what I, what I, what I love is the, I love the lifetime warranties, but we won't get into that here. I'll get into that during the seminar. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, limited lifetime. That's yeah. like when somebody says, you can get up to 10-year warranty, which really yeah. means... <laughs> A year and you're done. That's right. <laughs> and and that's a crime. I always um, I so, always go I always go by nothing is forever. <laughs> yeah. Now going back to quartz, um, there's a lot of products out there, um, and Tenex actually has some decent products. They've been really kind of on the cutting edge of the whole quartz thing, um, whether it be toners, whether it be cleaners, mm-hmm. sealers, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, Everybody's starting to get them. Stone Pro's getting them. MB Stone's got them. Um, and they're good sealers. My preference is a silicone only because the structure of it grabs a lot better right. than the flooring. It just does. It's like little tentacles, like George R. Regan used to say. Um, you know, it's the tentacles in there that grab and hold on much, much better for a longer period of time and doesn't wear as much. That's why 511 was so great for so long because it did just that. But then the EPA came in and the EPA is, you know, taking all the good stuff out and it's no longer the great product it used to be. No. But also silicones flash really fast. And they and don't emulsify as much. Yeah. And without getting into it too deep, is uh, I'll also be talking about the differences between the types of silicones and what to look for uh, in a, uh, in a sealer. 
So, right, and and that's the thing people don't understand it. I've learned a lot from you. Is and George Oregon was that you have silicone. Well, it's a silicone family. Then you have the siloxanes. You got the silenes, mm-hmm. and then what's interesting about one of these particular products that has that started the whole 15-year warranty thing, Fred, was that some and you taught me this, and that was that sometimes siloxanes work really well on some stones, and they completely fail on others. Yep. Well. That's part chemistry, part geology. It's like the chemist for stone tech. Michael Gouache told me many, many years ago, his chemist says, you know, you don't have to be a chemist to understand this stuff. You have to be a blank, blank, blank geologist. Well, that's part of it. If you're going to be in stone, you have to know stone. Yep. If, you know, but now we have quartz or engineered stone. Okay, you can say, well, gee, I'm a polymer expert. Uh, they're not using uh, polyester anymore. They're doing acrylics or they're right. doing this type of plastic. You know, I've taken a UV black light over some stuff, and it's nice and clear. And then I've looked at it and other pieces, and it's yellow, kind of oh, yeah. you know, science fiction, going, what the heck did they put in this thing? And don't think that the quality control is always going to be good in some countries. Because it's not. Because if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. Yep. You know, so is the quality there? You know, um, it's not like guitars. You know, you can make guitars in another country, but if your quality person is there and he's watching it and knows that he's part of you, yes, it's going to be a good quality instrument. But as far as this other stuff, I see contamination all the time, foreign stuff. There was I was on a case with Greg Mowat where there were inclusions in the porcelain. So the next set of the ship came in, and 96 containers were sent back because of the quality control that came from that wow. country. Wow. So you don't know who's watching the hen house. Right. So when you and then all of a sudden they go, well, look, I got these little round suction cup marks. Well, in quartz, yeah, it's starting to happen in quartzite too, and it's miserable because um, they're doing different things. But as far as the quartz goes, it comes off the line. The top's a little warm. The suction cups go on, goes on to the other part, and they get these suction cup rings. Well, those are much easier to get out because people have been aggressive trying to able to clean them and get them out can they get out yes can you get burn marks out yes can you get scratch marks out deep as the scratch and are we going to leave a dip or do we need to go out two to three feet on either end so that we don't get a dip that's when you have to find out the client's expectations and going gee i'm only going to make maybe 600 bucks on this and i'm going to be here for a whole day nah I'm going to go do something with my spare time or, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes your labor will cost you half of that or more. Oh yeah. So you really have to look at this. Um, and courts is just not getting easier. Um, it's becoming very, very difficult. Um, yep. and even though maybe black, maybe white, maybe beige, the colors all the way through. So that's not the problem. The problem is how, sensitive is it? How hard is it? What is the texture of it? What country did it come from? Well, it could have come from Italy. It could have came from Brazil. Well, a year ago, they had great stuff. Well, right now, this is not that good. So what the heck did they do? Well, they're not going to tell you. Well, and you have and more and more companies. The problems. And you have more and more companies now entering into the into the mix too, manufacturing this material. So, you know, like you said, everybody and their mother is doing you know, there. There's, there's so many out there right now. I remember the three top dogs, you know, and I, uh-huh. I, we mastered, we mastered those. And then we get all this other stuff coming in. It's like, oh, you know, I run into it. Well, but regularly. The, with the three, with the three top dogs is you never really got to fix the stuff. Cause it was so good. Exactly. <laughs> and everybody's still looking at, you know, what it used to be. You know, and the claims that they're making is, yeah, this is incredible material. I went into um, one of the nation's largest suppliers, of, and I went to their area where they had the engineered stone, and the 
took this young lady and I said, who I work with a lot there, and I said, see this? See this? What's the difference? Well, this one's rougher. I said, no, this one has more texture and larger particulates of quartz, and it lasts a lot longer and it's more durable than this because you're dealing with the polymer. Oh, right. yes, but everybody, everybody wants it to look like Calicutta because they can't afford Calicutta. I said, Calicutta is overpriced and it's chalky as hell. I said, you know, I don't know how many times I have to densify that stuff just to try to harden it to get it to be workable. Oh, yeah. Incredible. I mean, so, yeah, it's, and Carrera is a lot harder. It's a little bit harder than that stuff. So. All right. So let's, let's, let's talk about the, the polishing system that, that you have. Walk us through that. Well, the polishing system really consists um, it started out really as blemishes. Um, I have diamonds now that will not only do quartz, but they'll also polish glass. In fact, we uh, were at a very prestigious store that we have for an account, and they have glass floors. Um, and we polish them every now and then. And it's with the same pads that we do the quartz because it depends on the material. Even though the glass is really, really hard, and you know the polymers, this particular set does work really, really well on the quartz material. And in most cases, you can get out scratches with the 800 grit, okay? And then you got like two more steps, to, you got 1500, and you go to two more steps, and you're done. Then you go to the polishing system. Okay, so is it a 3,000 grit? Is it a 6,000 grit? Is it an 8,000 grit? That's where the cheat sheet comes in, yep. and you have to determine where your polish is. Once you get that polish, then you have the texture. And this is all stuff that's worked into the patent pending right now that I have filed. And that is then you get your texture, and once you get the texture, you're done, and you walk away with a lot of money during the day because not many people can fix quartz. Then there are polishing systems that will be a lot easier, um, but they can't get the texture. Right. But as far as the system, it works. Steve's Polishing Pro system works with heavy texture, and it works really, really well with no texture, and it even works on really... Um, how do I use this word? Um, quality. There you go. <laughs> ma materials that low quality materials that they're calling quartz. I've seen stuff that I just went, this is not quartz, but we fixed it anyway. Right. But it wasn't quartz. They called it quartz, um, but it was just garbage. Well, I paid those, a lot of money for this. Yeah. And those, those listening out there too, there is also a. Uh, and, and actually, I did these a a training class. Uh, it's it's a it's a what we call an e-learning class. It's all in video and et cetera. Where I actually show this system being used. Um, so any of you that are interested, just send me an email, and I can get you information on on where to where to find that. As well as uh, Dave will give out his information here at the end of the yeah. The one thing here. that's really interesting about that system is that it's very versatile. It's just where do you start? And that comes yep. with learning how to do it. Um, yep. A lot of times I'll send people the training videos, I'll send them the cheat sheets, and they don't watch it, and they think the quartz is the same thing as stone. Which no. it's not. It's a different animal. Yep. It's about the polymer. It's about the aggregate. You know, what looks like, you know, you may say, well, this is really low. That's why I, I now I just sent you the 1,000 grit that I just got. Yep. Yep. Because the thousand grit gets out the metal marks really, really fast. Yep. Then you go to three thousand, eight thousand, you're done. You need a little texture, hit it with the pad, have a nice day, and they're throwing the check at you. And that, you know, for those of you not familiar with the system too, um the system uses not only your standard, you know, rotary hand machine, but it also uses a uh, a random orbital uh sander as well. So talk a little bit about that. Well, the orbital system, um, I just put out a couple of videos, um, and 
the videos that I had, they were using the orbital with the leather pad. Well, the leather pad, it will work with the orbital. I think it works faster with the polisher. But the whole idea is that you get the shine from the leather pad, and the leather pad keeps the material cool. Plus, it has channels in it where it channels the it channels the water to the center as opposed to most pads kicking everything out. So right. that's the neat design of it, and it keeps the material cool because if you get the material too hot, um, you're going to burn the polymer, and you're going to have a really bad week. Absolutely. And so the, right, and then you have the – the foam pad um, with the orbital sander, and that what that does is give you the texture. But there are some people that say, um, some people will say, you know what, I'm just going to use the orbital with that, and that's fine. The nice thing about the system, it's very versatile. So if you want to use an orbital sander, you can do it. If you need a little oomph and you don't need the grunt, then you know you can play with it. But again, it depends on the material that you have. Well, the orbital, you know, you hit on one thing too. The orbital sander uh, produces less heat than a than a typical rotary uh, type type polisher, which is important. Yes, and that you know, and again, it's it's tomato tomato. Um, when Steve originally did the videos, you know, it was used the polisher for the shine, then use the orbital. But, you know, in the videos that I just put out um, with Jackie, with BB Industries and Adam Tompkins, um, with Genesis, um, they used a little bit different. They got it done. Um, They did a little bit different time. In fact, Jackie used the donkey pads with my system, and she just found a combination, then it worked, and she got it done. Okay, so, you know, it's kind of like in the world of restoration, Sometimes you get through at the end of the day, you look at the guy you're working with, and you go, well, that one's for the record books. We didn't see that one coming. Mm -hmm. But it fixed it. It fixed it. And you go back and you write it down. You make sure you have it documented. So then when you have to go back to it, you go, what was that that we did? And you have a document. That's why you have the Bible, and that's why I use your Bible, is because – it's all there. Some, you know, um, the human being, Fred, only retains 25% at best of what they learned the day before. Yep. So to anybody out there, I would have to say, what did you have for dinner last Wednesday? Well, I don't know. Well, that's why you write shit down. I can't tell you what I had for dinner last night. <laughs> <laughs> How funny. But we do, you know, so we get older, our memories get a little shorter, but we remember a lot of stuff a long time ago, but that's just how the brain works. But the system's pretty cool, very versatile. I'm still working on it to make it um, make it better. But it does work. The problem I'm having right now is with DECTOM, um because mm-hmm. of its hardness. So that is right now a sticking point. But it's also a sticking point for everybody else. Right. Um, and you think that you have quartz and you get Decton and you're like just spending all day going, mm-hmm. and I'm pissing on a forest fire. Oh, this is just taking forever, right? right. You know, um, it's a different material, but it's kind of like the anti-etch coating that the Italians have on their white marbles. Yep. But they won't yep. tell anybody what it is. So mm-hmm. if you get mm-hmm. a scratch, you're screwed because you can't fix it because they won't tell you. Well, just buy another countertop. Oh, yeah, yeah, like we just got – we're just burning money right now. <laughs> and who's who's going to fix the cabinets? And who, if you screw up the cabinets, taking out the material. There's just too many things to it. It's not realistic. But the system's pretty cool, still working on it. Um, you know, but a lot of this, you know, I've learned a lot from Adam Tompkins. I've learned a lot from you. Um, so I can't really say to the people who are out there, oh, yeah, well, I just learned this all because I've had mentors in my life. I hung out with people who were better than me, who taught me this stuff. And sometimes we feed off each other. But for the most part, I'm still taking your courses, even though I've taken a bunch of them. Right. I'm still going to be taking them in the future. And the reason why is the same reason why I would take another geology class, because you have to freshen up. And if you write all your notes down for your class that you teach, 
um, and you retain those notes, you're going to be a smarter guy. You're going to be able to fix more problems. If you go to these shows and you spend the money and take the classes, you're going to learn about new things, new how people do stuff. And then yep. there's some years you're going to go and you're going to go, well, I didn't, there was nothing new here. Um, but if you take the classes, um, that's where you really get to learn because then you're hooking up with somebody and they can help you along the way. And that's the beauty of the whole thing. It's like, you know, I took your class and blah, blah, blah. Really? And you're going to give them a little bit of time and they're going to help you because they took your class. In right. most cases, most people are pretty cool about that. There's a very small percentage who are not, but education is everything. And if you don't educate yourself, you're going to get busted and you're going to have bad weeks where you can't fix stuff. And then you're going to half-ass it the way through and go, well, I got paid, you know, and that's all that matters. It's behind me. But will the client ever call you again? And, and you know, and I will say this, you know, you and I have been in this business a long time, longer than I'd like to admit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I remember when I first got into this business years and years and years ago, everything was top no, secret. No, it was years and years and years and years. Years ago, that's right. <laughs> and uh, you got that right. And uh, today is different. I mean, the the information that's shared out there, the you know, the education is there. You just need to you need to get it. And uh, you know, having that attitude that uh, and I don't want to get on my high horse here, but having that attitude that well, you know, I'll I'll just learn it, you know, through hard knocks. Why? You know, why would you do that to yourself? You know, when there are people out there like you, like me, that are experienced that are willing to share this knowledge. Yeah, and the thing is, when I look at your past podcasts, I'm like, you know what? I missed that one. I want to listen to this one again because it's really important. Just on your podcast alone, you have so many shows of stuff that I still need to follow. And again, I will still spend the money to take your forensic class because you're learning more stuff. And sometimes the last time I took the class, you had certain things and I went how in the heck does he do that well I took the <laughs> class I found out now I'm a lot better yep. and that was cool but I had to you know I paid for it and that's okay I don't mind paying for it because I definitely made it up but a lot of this like with you speaking coming up next week I saw your PowerPoint and as I went through it I just went man this is cool this is really cool because the last person to do something like this, this extent was George O'Regan when he was yep. in the business with Stone Tech. And, but he got to hang out with the DuPont chemist, but he really took it to a new level. What you're doing here is you've taken it to a new level and you're explaining, but you're also going to talk about the dirty little secrets, which is probably going to piss people off, but really, yep. who cares? It isn't <laughs> like you've really yeah. tried to avoid that in your lifetime. No. But the point is, is somebody's got to say it. Somebody's got to say, well, but yeah, what about this warranty? What about this product? And like I mentioned earlier, okay, water-based products don't work well in a tight stone. And water-based products, unless they're silicone, may not really work and bite onto that and hold for a long time. And please don't tell me that the sealer's got an eight-year warranty on quartz because you'd probably be better off using a good cleaner that had the sealer in it. And over time, being, there's a lot of different things. But on your PowerPoint that you're going to be speaking with next week um, is going to be very, very interesting. And hopefully you only have like 30 minutes or so. But after that, you're going to be in the Genesis booth and that Genesis booth, you're going to be able to have as much time as you want, question and answer with everybody who's there, um, yeah. and go to that booth and answer everybody's question. You know, Wait. if they want to learn more about forensics, here's my class that I do forensics. Here's what I meant by this PowerPoint. Here's what I meant here. What I meant here. Well, you know, go to my podcast. Here's my Bible that I have. Here's this. Here's that. Fred, you've done nothing but educate for a long, long time. Yep. And you are credited with the people that don't know this who are listening. I believe you did one of, if not the first, Marvel Institute of America's design manual, technical manual, design mm -hmm. manual. 
And so that's how far back you go is that you actually kind of started that whole thing as far as the technicality goes. Now, it's come a long way, but you're a pioneer in this where you started that. Then you got this Bible, and I have two copies, you know, in my office. I don't let the guys have it out in the vans because they'll lose it. I mean, they're great guys, but they're humans. So we reference this stuff, um, your classes, the stuff that you do. Um, I don't know how many times that I call you and go, hey, Fred, I'm in a pickle. How do you, what, do you, what have you seen on in Florida or in the East Coast of why this happens? And you say, oh, yeah, I saw this. This was blah, blah, blah. And in some of the cases that you have, especially in the um, BB Industries um, magazine, that they have, you're always there as, you know, the, slippery, the rock. Uh, yeah, slippery rock, you have these articles and it's not that it's great writing, but you talk about the problems that people have and how you found them. And a lot of times it's really amusing of how you write, but it's really cool and informative. Like some of the stuff you told me um, about how you found the problem. And I'm like, Fred, how did you figure that out? Well, I kind of went <laughs> well, like this and then I went here and then I, I looked around and I looked way past and said, what is that building over there? <laughs> and it was causing the problem. So it was pretty amazing. And listening to that and getting educated by you makes you a better forensic person, makes you a better restoration person, and will make you a better fabricator. Um, we're now, I just finished um, chairing the committee with Paul with Bonstone and um, with uh, Filippo and Tenex, and it was a two-year project. We did it in 11 months. We had Custom and Montpey working on the thin sets and grouts, Bonstone and Tenex working on the glues, and it's going to be a new section called glues and adhesives. Mm. And everything is going to be in there. It's all going to be documented. Nobody, no fabricator is ever going to wiggle its way out because everything is there upon staining of thin sets, grouts, types of adhesives. We got charts, we got footnotes, we got forward stuff. It's all covered from A to Z. So nobody's going to be able to slide and say, well, I don't know if it's out there because that's going to be the books that lawyers have underneath their arms when they go to court. And those are the methods manuals um, and being a part of the National Stone Institute is a good thing. Um, they do have benefits of it. They do have the design manual, which is really cool. Um, I have a design manual, and I got your Bible. So, and I got the, uh, <clears throat> um, and then I have the TCNA books and the ANSI books. But you have to have all those books yep. because you have to be able to figure this stuff out. Okay, why is this happening? Well, it's not my problem. Well, it kind of is. If you want to get paid, you have to figure out to the client why this is happening. Explain it to them and then put the footnotes in your quote and say, please note, uh, because of this, 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 we're not going to be able to do this. So this is what we're able to do. Please sign off here. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Deposit, please. Yep. Signature. Yep. All right. And give you a day. So Absolutely. if you understand, you get paid. If you're polishing a floor and you don't see the indent fractures in the floor because the joists are too far apart and you got natural stone and you polish it and the client says, well, that wasn't there when it started. Well, you didn't recognize it. So guess what? You may never get paid. So these are things that you learn in your class, on your podcast, and people are going to learn next week at this show. And that's the thing. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I've been doing this since 87, and I'm still taking your classes, and I'm still calling you because there's a lot of knowledge that you have, and because of you being out there and the reach that you have throughout the country, you're finding a lot of stuff that people, great resource. Should we pay for it? Oh, yeah, absolutely, because it's worth and weight in gold, and it's saved my butt many a time, Fred, and I've been doing this a long time. But well, there's I, still something you run across, and you're like, what the heck? What did they do here? I run into yeah. new stuff all all the time. As a matter of fact, I've been, I mentioned I'm working on the new Bible. I'm updating it and uh, adding a lot of new stuff to it that wasn't in there before. And uh, 
It's uh, every time I sit down and write and I've been spending all this week on it, I'm like, oh, I got to make sure I cover that one. Oh, and I got to make sure you mentioned uh, densifiers. That's something that wasn't covered very thoroughly in the old Bible. Well, I got a whole chapter on densifiers. Uh, they talk well, about. Know, and that's the whole thing. I mean, how old is your Bible? This is, um, I mean, it's, it's old. 90, 90 something, I think I wrote it. Yeah, Maybe it was early definitely 90s. 90 something. Yeah, it was early 90s. Early 90s. I got it yeah. in the later 90s, but I still got it and I still use it. And it's still, um, everything that's in there still works today. Yep. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I just want to encourage the folks who are listening to come to Vegas and, and see what you're going to be speaking on because it will be a bit controversial and you may pe- piss people off. But you know what? It's okay because a lot of the people are BSing the contractors. No, I'm going to tell I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell the facts. It's not going to be an opinion. It's going to be it's going to be based on based on scientific research. You know, and you can't argue yeah. that. Well, it's kind of like when we did the video um, um, about crystallization. You know, you were getting threats to be sued. McDowell was getting threats to be sued. We did a couple of videos. It all stopped because yep. we told the truth. We had the facts to back it up. Yep. So shut up. Here are the facts. That's right. Can I help the next person online, please? Exactly. All right, Dave, we've got you to know, wrap things up here. Come close to the end of the show. Why don't you give uh, – your information out to people where they can reach out to you, maybe get that cheat sheet or whatever? Yeah. Um, you can go to Steve's Polishing Pro. Um, you can type it in Google. Um, you can also go to engineeredstonepolishing.com. Um, engineeredstonepolishing.com will take you right to the website. And if they want to order that kit, they can get that at where? Uh, engineeredstonepolishing.com. Okay, great. Good. Um, and it's just really Steve's Polishing Pro. Right. That's what it is. Um, I haven't changed the name because it still worked. It's real good. But, yeah, um, engineeredstonepolishing.com. Um, it's got a lot of stuff in there. Um, they always can call me. You can also get the system through BB Industries. Um, Grand Court sometimes sells a lot, some of the stuff they sell mostly my um, system that takes a polisher and turns it into an orbital with just one uh, one unit which is kind of cool but yeah, nice. you know but yeah it's a very versatile system cool well David I want to thank you it's always a pleasure and uh, I'll see you in a couple of days yes you will Thank you for inviting me today. I appreciate it. All right, David. We'll have you back on again. Maybe we'll talk. Maybe we'll uh, talk about some of those other topics like quartzite and all that stuff next time. Oof, boy, they're not making them any better. <laughs> all right. All right, David. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Fred. Thank you. All right. We'll see you later. Bye bye. All righty, folks. Uh, there you have it. Uh, some really good information. And I'm going to wrap things up for uh, this week. So uh, thanks for listening. Um, Keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, as well as an engineered stone, and fabricating those tops. Later, my friends. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains. Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tough Skin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate product. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F SkinProtection.com to learn more. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net.